Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I've uploaded some old files from the West Memphis 3 archives, Callahan to be specific. These are audio files that I collected over a decade ago. I think they're pertinent, germane to understanding the background of what happened in West Memphis prior to the crime in 1993, the West Memphis 3, the death of the three eight-year-old boys. So these are some of the files, and some of the audio files that were collected by the police, not all of them, I could probably pull over more. This would just be the first drop of about an hour and 20 minutes of uh, files. So it might just be, this might be a show just for people who are interested in the West Memphis 3, um, getting more details. These are very disturbing files. They should not be listened to while... Uh, people who are sensitive to this subject matter or young children around in any way, shape, or form. There's a lot of inappropriate language, and this is just how they talked around there. These are people who associated with the West Memphis Three who knew them, and I've put them in chronological order. There will be eight total audio files, back to back to back. The first one will be of Jessica Bryant. That was in 1993, and the times and dates will be mentioned by the police. Second is Alvis Clem Bly, who was kind of an associate and knew of them, but knew about the occult activity, so he talks about them. And then L.G. Hollingsworth was another one who was interviewed by the police. He's passed away. I think he died in a car crash. Then Joni Brown, who's at the skating rink in between the time of the deaths and the arrests. Then Jerry Driver, I think it uh, ties into the discussion I had with Christopher Knowles about Druidism and Jerry Driver confirms these guys were walking around with staffs or staves. Then there's an interchange between Eccles and the prosecutors on the stand. That's the sixth one. Then Davis's summation at the trial of Eccles and also Fogelman. Um, so you'll listen to all those. So I might put up some more information as I'm going through some of my old files right now. This is Detective Sergeant Mike Allen of the West Memphis Police Department. I'm presently in the Detective Division of the West Memphis Police Department. The time is now 12.37. Today's date, June the 11th, 1993. Um, Presently in the Detective Division with a Jessica Bryant, age 11. uh, Her mother, Karen... B. McIntyre and Charles McIntyre, uh, all residing at uh, 515 Belvedere. Um, Jessica, uh, if you would, do you know about how long ago the incident that we we just talked about happened? Just explain to me what, what uh, day of the week it was, uh, what you were doing, and, and, and what happened. It was a Sunday, and we were just we were just running around talking to each other, and this boy just came up walking down the street, and he was dressed in all black, and so we were just playing, and we looked over there, and we saw him, and he was behind the bush, and so we went, and so we weren't paying any attention to him. We didn't think anything was going to happen, and so. We continued playing, and then he was still there. So we went over and hid behind the car for a few minutes, and we and, and we thought, well, he won't come out, so he'll he'll go away and leave us alone. We went back, and he was still there, 
And so he was looking at the corner of the diamonds, and so we didn't know what to do. And so we went inside and told my mama, and he started running off, and then we don't know what happened to him. Okay. What, uh, where were you at when, when you first saw him? We were in the front yard by my tree. Okay, at your house? Yes, sir. And your address? 515 Okay. And this was, you know what day this was on? Sunday. Okay. And you had said earlier that you were, uh, was it, was it early morning? Was it afternoon? It was in the morning. It was in the morning? Were you fixing to go somewhere? We were fixing to go to church. Okay. And you mentioned your friend. Uh, what's her name? Heather. Heather. You know her last name? Yes, sir. Smith. You know how old she is? I think she's nine. Okay. She's either eight or nine. Okay. And, and where does she live in relation to you? Right across the street from me. Okay. Uh, can you de describe what this guy look, looked like? He had, he had sort of long hair, and he was dressed in all black, and he had a real black long overcoat on, his black shoes on, and he had something on his face. I didn't get that close to him, but he was pretty good in front of me, and he had something on his face, and he had something in his hair. I don't know what it was, but it was something weird in his hair. What, what it color? Like what color was his hair? Black. Was it black? Okay. And where, where was, what was he doing when he was, when you saw him uh, looking over there at y'all? He was just looking out of the corner of his eyes with his hands like this against him. But he was like digging in his pockets. He had his hands in his pockets, but I don't know what he was doing. Okay. Just looking at us. This, uh, you said, what color hair did you say he had? Black. How long was it? Was it? it was about, about there, about, little, about, about five or six inches from his shoulder line. Okay. Um, had you ever seen him before? No, sir. Have you seen him since this? No, sir. Seen any, any photographs of him or anything? I saw it on the news, but that's the only time, and it looked just like him. Okay. The guy that you saw on the news uh, looked just like this guy. Except he didn't have the stuff on his face that he had on the night, the, the day that we saw him. Okay. When you're talking about stuff on his face, was it, was it, you know what it was? Yeah, it looked like there was black stuff on his face. I don't know what it was, it just was black stuff on him. Okay. Uh, look like paint, or did it look like, was it a mask, or? No. It was just around there. Okay. Around? His eyes. Point towards your eyes? Okay. Um, what position was he in when he was, when he was watching you? He was squatting down behind the bush. Okay. And this bush, where is it located? Is it near your house? Near it's, your front yard? It's not the house right next door to us, but it's the house right down there, and it's real close to us. So. Okay. I'll, I'll get you here in a minute to, to show me where that's at, okay? Uh, when he ran away, what, which way did he go? Did he see? went, you know where the Grimley's Park is? Mm -hmm. He went up that way, and it looked like he was trying to go that way, but I don't know which way he went. Okay. He was going toward that way. 
So your house is on Belvedere, then he would be, he would have kind of been running north. Okay. Uh, in his, in him running, was he running like in a direction of, of back towards, like, okay, you're, he's running in a northerly direction. Was he running like back towards, uh, Avalon or, or, or towards Walmart area? Or he was, was running he, towards Walmart. He was going that way. He was, he was headed north, but headed in the general direction of, of, of back east, northeast. Yes. Okay. Uh, did, had, what did, uh, your friend, uh, I mean, Heather, is that right? Yes, sir. What did she say about seeing him? Did she she said that she remembered, all she remembered was his face and him hiding behind the bush. He, she said that he just looked strange to her. Okay. And were you scared? Well, we were sort of in mixed feelings because we thought he was, he, we thought he would, I mean, we went that way towards the house. We thought he was going in the house, but when we looked up and he was hiding behind the bush, then we got scared. Okay. Um, Mrs. McIntyre, now, as far as you said earlier that, that they, when they first came in, they said that, that they thought that. They said something about they thought he was taking pictures of it. That's what she said when she first came in the door. Okay. That's what he looked like. He was, he was, he was doing. She said he was doing something in his pockets. Did you ever see a camera or anything? I don't remember seeing one, but I don't know. He could have had one. Okay. Because he had, he was like he was getting something out of his pockets or putting something back in. Okay. We weren't watching. He could have had one. We weren't watching. Uh, I'm going to conclude the interview. Uh, I'm going to make some notes that uh, I'll take a photograph of the area that uh, that you point out is where he was hiding, and I'll just get you to put your name on the back of that photograph, okay? Because um, I'm not going to bring the tape out to that location, so I'll just get you to to you know to put your signature on the back of the photograph. I'll bring a Polaroid with me. And that way, that'll be part of this record also. And, uh, yes, sir. Uh, I certainly appreciate it. I'm going to conclude this. Uh, the time is now 12.45 p. It is March the 8th of 1984. It is now two minutes past noon. Present is L.G. Hollingsworth. Date of birth, 2-4 of 76. I know Lieutenant James Sudbury of the West Memphis Police Department, also present Detective Bill Durham of the West Memphis Police Department. We are having an interview with Mr. Hollingsworth in reference to a conversation, LG, that you had with Damian Eccles. And you tell me if this is correct. Sometime about a, two months, maybe not that long, prior to uh, May of 1993. That's correct. Okay, could you tell me what your discussion, your conversation was about. First of all, where were you at? What were you doing? I was coming back from my house, I believe. We was walking. I do know that. We was walking. Okay. What You said you were coming from your house or going to your house? We was coming from my house. And what believe. address was that? 714 okay. Concert. Do you remember where you were going? We was going to Belvedere. To do what? To meet up with my girlfriend and his girlfriend. Okay. So y'all are walking down the street and in the course of that, y'all have a conversation. Could you tell me what that conversation was about? 
Yeah, he asked me. Now he used names, so everybody will know who okay. you're talking. Damien asked me, could I kill somebody? And I said, I don't think I could kill them unless they did something really bad to me. I said, I'd probably hurt them bad first. And then I says, why you ask? He says, because I'm thinking of killing somebody. I says, why are you thinking of killing somebody? He says, they're fucking with me. That's what he told me. I said, if there's some man, then you just go and you beat his ass or you get your ass whooped. If there's some little teenager, you tell his parents you call the police. I said, you don't need to do that because that's not cool, you know. You go to jail for that. And we keep walking and stuff. And he says, just say that you would kill somebody. I said, okay. Say I would kill somebody. He says, how would you do it? I said, well, it depends. He said, what do you mean it depends? I said, it depends on what they did to me to make me kill them. I says, I'll probably put a bullet in their head, and if not, I'll probably break both their arms and make them wish they was dead. And um, I says, well, what's up? Or, you know, would you kill somebody? He says, yeah. He says, I'm thinking of killing somebody. That's what he told me. I said, okay. I said, you don't need to do that. That's going to fuck your life up. I said, it's a mess you up all together. He said, well, like that. And we left it at that. And we kept walking for a little ways more. And uh, he says, if I was going to kill somebody, I would tie them up, beat them, and fuck them. That way they would know that I'm not fucking with nobody. You know, I'm straight up kind of guy. Now, who made this statement? Damien Evans. Okay, how do you know Damien? Jail line one. I know him from his girlfriend Dominique. That's kind of my cousin. Okay, she's your cousin, and he. Kind of sort of. What's their relationship? A boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay, so this is the same Damien Nichols that you're talking about. Yes. Okay, so go ahead. And I saw. Bronx wheel pick up and drop. You're in the building. I said, well, look, you don't need to do that, you know. All right, or anyone we walked on. Well, so we walked on. All right, and then May the 6th, I think it was May the 6th, when I did talk to Damien, he was just like kind of sitting there. He was kind of nervous. Where did you see him at on May the 6th? At Dominic's house in Lakeshore. And I believe you said you knew it to be May the 6th because of family member had a car accident? Yes. On the 5th? On the 5th, my aunt had a car accident, and I was in the car with her. Okay, so it was the day after that? The day after. Okay, and you saw him where? At Dominic's house. Okay. What was your conversation with him that day? That day, we sat, and I talked to him for a minute, and then uh, I left, and I came over to like three times, and they were still, whatever they was doing, you know, sitting talking, so I didn't say too much, and I left again. Anyway, he was on the corner, sitting on the corner, and my cousin had ran away. You know, she ran them back in the woods back there. They was mad at each other. And your cousin Dominic had ran away yes. from Damien? Yes. This is on the 6th? This is on the 6th. Okay. And uh, I asked him, I said, hey, I, said, I don't know why, but something made me ask him, hey, uh, you know, we were sitting talking, I asked him what's going on between him and his girlfriend, and he says, nothing, you know, it's a bunch of bullshit. And I said, okay. And I said, are you still thinking of killing somebody like that? He says, no, I ain't. It's kind of took care of. It. Don't worry about it. You know, it's okay. He said, you know, kind of fast. You know, I didn't catch it at first. I thought about what he said, and 
then that's when I realized that's what it said, you know, that it's took care of. Did you know about the death of the three young boys when you asked him this? Or did you know, or were you aware of that yet? I that it happened. On the 6th, I think I was, I think that I knew, yeah, they was missing. I believe I knew that. Okay, you knew they were missing, but you didn't know they were dead? No, I don't. You didn't know they were dead when you asked him this question? No. Okay. I don't watch a lot of news. My aunt told me either on the 6th or the 5th there was kids missing. You know, I didn't even know where they was missing from. Did you ever know what he and Dominique were into an argument, a confrontation about? No, I never knew. Okay. Was, I asked Dominique and she said some stupid shit Damien was doing or something like that. She said that's why she was upset with him? Because yeah. of some stupid things that he was doing? Yeah. You know, hey, look, you know, he's messing up. Basically what she said. Is there anything else that you needed to add to this, this tape conversation that we're having? Uh, basically it. On, on May the 5th, did you see Damien Eccles at any time during that day? No, sir, I did not. Did you see Jason Bond or Jesse Miss Kelly on no, that particular day? I didn't see none of them. Now, my aunt said that, see, it was on the 5th or 6th, I don't remember exactly which one it was. She, she dropped me off at my house and she was going back, see, back to her house, all right? She came back and picked up my other aunt about 10 or something around there. And she said that she seen Damien and Dominique. It could have been somebody else with him, you know, in black leather jackets walking down the little road there. What is your aunt's name? Norlene Hollingsworth. Okay. Do you know what aunt it was that she picked up? Um, Dixie Hollingsworth. Well, her name's not Hollingsworth no more. Do you know what time of the afternoon it was that she saw uh, Damien and whoever on the, on the service road? Uh, or did you say where she saw him? She didn't say exactly. I think it was somewhere over close by where I live at. That's Are we talking about 10 o'clock at night? Yes. Somewhere around there. No, Jay, you are aware that this conversation we take recorded. Is that correct? Yes, I'm, I know that. Okay, sir. Have we made any promises or threats to you? Have we promised you anything if you would give us this tape to interview? No, they're not. Have we threatened you anyway? If you didn't, we were going to do something to you. No. So this is a voluntary uh, statement of your own free will. Yes. Okay, it is now 11 minutes after noon. We're at the Crittenden County Sheriff's Office, and this will be the end of this conversation. Dayla Spencer. Okay, hold on just let me start this. This is Detective Sergeant Mike Allen of the West Memphis Police Department. Today's date is June the 29th of 1993. Presently in the Detective Division of the Police Department. Uh, times now 11.36 a.m. Uh, presently with, uh, let me state your name. Alvis Bly. And your full name is Alvis. Alvis Clem Bly. Clem Bly. Are you a senior? No. Yes. It's called senior. Okay. I mean, there, I'm you got, first. Okay, you got a son named Alice Clem Bly. Okay. How old? How do you, Mr. Bly? Thirty-six. Okay. And your date of birth? Fifth, eighteenth, fifty-seven. Okay. And right now you're currently uh, in a Crittenden County Jail, is that correct? Yes. County Jail. Okay. How, how long have you been there? Almost four months. Almost four months now. Um. J.C. Shelton. You familiar with him? Yes. Okay. He uh, came in here earlier.
met you downstairs down there and said that you, you had some some information about uh, a cult of some kind. Okay. Uh, you lived in West Memphis prior to you being arrested or, or yes. incarcerated in the county jail, is that correct? Yes, sir. Over on East Park. Okay, you lived at uh, 1900, is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, before you lived at 1900 East Barton, uh, did you live anywhere, anywhere else in Crittenden County? Lake Shore. Lake Shore. Yes. How long did you live out there? Over a year. Okay. Um, just this cult, what what exactly did it consist of? Well, we just go out there and uh, one of the guys had a devil worshiping book and we'd go by it, which was sacrificing dogs or chickens drain their blood, then we would uh, take a cut the heart out and put it in the center of the pentagram and set fire to it okay, this, and worship the devil. Okay, this pentagram, what was, was it? It's a devil's symbol. Where was the pentagram? On the floor. Okay, how would they, how would they make the, the pentagram? They had some chalk, some white powder chalk, and some blue chalk, like a carpenter's chalk. And we draw it with it. Um, who all was in, who all was involved in this in this, this group this cult? There would be about twenty of us at a time out there. Uh, name some of the, the people that, that participated in this. I can't remember from one minute to the other. So, I'd say Jason, you know, Ball, then uh, Miss Kelly. Was it, was it the father, Miss Kelly, or the son, Miss Kelly? The son. You know both of them? And I didn't know the father. Okay. Uh, you know Miss Kelly's first name? Not right offhand, I don't. Um, if I hadn't seen it on my knees so much, I couldn't remember it now. But you remember seeing him involved in this? Oh, yes, sir. Okay. Anyone else? Uh, you said uh, Baldwin. Yes, sir. He, they called him Davian. They called who Davian? Baldwin. Okay, they called Baldwin Davian. I'm pretty sure it was him. Okay, let me... Uh, I've got a... Let me that uh, they had these at. What 
what were some of the locations that they had some of these uh, these cult activity? Well, there's a barn behind Lake Shore. There's a house out on Highway 50 north in Stonehenge. The house out on Highway 50, where somebody lived there? No, sir. There hadn't been nobody in that house in several years. It's a huge house. It's about a 10-room house. Uh, what colors the house? White. That's the reason we would use that chalk, so when we got through, so you could sweep that chalk up instead of using paint like you did out there at Stonehenge. Um, now, the barn that you use, are you, now, I'm familiar with the area out behind Lakeshore. There's a uh, big fenced in, there's a big fenced in arc like a pump station. No, nah, that's there. right before you get to it. As soon as you cross that ditch on that wooden bridge, there's a barn right there. No red barns. Ain't very big. A, a red barn, you said? Yes, sir. And there's like two shop buildings out there. Is that what this you're talking is, about? Uh, they kept some equipment in it. It's not a shop. It's just a kind of little barn to store equipment. Okay. Is that barn usually locked up or? Yes, yeah, so we use. It's got a, a roof coming off one side of it where we get up there. That's about it. You mentioned... Uh, oh, well, out there on Rich Road, there's a guy, he had a, a shed out there behind his house. Rich Road? Yes. Yeah. Rich Road North. I'll have to wait for my secretary to get back. I can't can remember you, his name. Can you describe this guy that you said... How many yes, people? Sir. Would, would y'all just go over to his house or... No, sir. Uh, we Hardly ever. We, we, didn't, we didn't go to his house about twice while I was in it. To Rich... Yes, Rich Road, he didn't like having folks around like that. Okay, I know he would have more people out there, but he wouldn't let us young, you know, let the, all the young ones come out there. And when were you like asked to, to get into this, or did you? Yes, right. They, they asked did I want to get into it. See how I come about meeting these boys. I have a ski boat, and I. You know, I didn't mind folks going with me, so we I'd take them skiing with me. Did you ever take uh, any of these boys that have been charged in this? Yes, or Miss Kelly. Miss Kelly? Yes, I used, used to go down to Hernando Point with me skiing. Um, how long ago was this? Last year, around May, between May and September. Did he go on more than one occasion? Yes, sir, more than once. Um, and, you know, he just, you know, I don't know how he, we brought it up, but I used to not believe in the Bible or the Lord. So he asked me, was I atheist? And I told him, yes. And that's how I come about getting in it. He told me the devil would give me more than a God ever would. Jesse, Miss Kelly told you this? Yes, sir. Um, Was there anything, any of these, did you ever see any, what you would call illegal activities going on at these? Uh, well, settlements? killing the dogs was illegal to start with because we steal the dogs from people. And uh, that rape, where they raped that girl out there, I know that was illegal. Do you remember 
Where 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 did that occur? Stonehenge. How did that all come about? Can you kind of explain, like, you know? Well, Miss Kelly came up with the idea of it, and Baldwin went along with it. Baldwin was the first one that raped her. Well, she kind of went along with that, but when the other guy started doing it, she had a fit about it. Said she'd tell. Was she was she one of these members? Yes, she was a member. I guess that's why she didn't tell. You recall her name? Not right offhand, I can't. You recall? I'm not sure if that's that name I give you. I know that girl I give you is a member of the cult, but I don't remember if it's the same girl. Okay, you gave me a minute ago, you gave me uh, a girl named Christy. Christy McNichols. McNichols? Yes. How, how old is a girl is she? 16. Where did this occur at? Stonehenge. Are you talking about Stonehenge? Where are you talking about there? It's down the road from the county courthouse and stuff. On the same road, right down on the right. What's what is what is this place? What, it's the old part of the there. It's just the rock formation of it left there now. Say at any given, uh, say any given. What exactly, from from start to finish, what exactly would 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 transpire in one of these? Well, we first thing we'd draw our pentagram out, <coughs> and then we would hang the dog upside down from the stones. Hey, let me. Now you're talking about a, an incident that would occur maybe at stone stone Yes, right? yes. That's the only place we sacrifice dogs. That we didn't do it behind us. Let me give you this yellow sheet right here yellow sheet of paper here. Uh, can you kind of draw out what you would kind of draw out what you would would write or, or when you're talking about the pentagram or whatever, how exactly you <coughs> Okay. Now this would be put where now? On the floor. Right under where we hang the dog up. You'd hang the dog up above this? We'd hang the dog above that, then we'd cut his throat first time. And we'd, we'd catch the blood in a pail. Then uh, we'd drink a cup full of piece of the blood. Then we'd cut his head off. Then we'd cut him open and cut his heart out. What, what did you do then? We'd put the heart in the middle of this and pour alcohol on it. And uh, mixed with... Uh, Baby oil. Uh, you, okay, excuse me, someone came in. Uh, now you, they would take alcohol, you say? Alcohol mixed with baby oil. With baby oil? Yes, sir. And they would? And we'd put his heart, take a, we had a pie pan, we would set in the center of this which is the same thing I'm talking, you know, we cut the blood in. And then we'd put the baby oil on the heart, you know, burn it. It wouldn't burn it up, we'd, we'd burn it. Then we'd praise to the devil and stuff. And was there any certain sayings or anything that you... Yes, sir, but I can't remember. You can't remember them? No, sir. We read it out of a book that we get from the library here. When you were involved in this 
in this cold what what time period are we talking about you were involved in it? Oh, for at least a full year. Full year. last year. How early? Only in last year. Well really more than a year. I was two years in it. Almost. I got out of it part got out of it last year. How many people would you say would, would be involved in? 20. About 20 people? Yes. It was never less than 8. Never less than 8? No, sir. It was from 8 to 20 there at a time. Was there any significance about how many people could be there as far as any religious no, thing? That no, sir. From 1 to 50, it, don't, it wouldn't make no difference. Just whoever came. We'd always have a certain time to meet out there during the week. What, what time would you meet during the week? Sunday. I mean, we would always go on Sunday. It would be on a Sunday? Yes, sir. Is there any certain time on Sunday that you yes, meet? Yes, 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock? Yes, sir. Did you ever know of any other days that uh, they had any kind of little activities going on? No, sir. If it was, I was left out of it. Always on a Sunday? Yes, sir. At 6 o'clock at night? 6 o'clock in the evening. Was there any significance about the, the 6 o'clock time period? Yes, sir. It was in the book. That's what time you're supposed to start. At 6 o'clock? Yes, sir. You don't re do you recall what this book looked like or what the name of this book was? Uh, it was the Devil something. I don't know. It was, it was about a five-letter name on it. It'd be easy to find in the library. You know what color the book black. was? Or shiny book? black. Was it shiny black? Yes. Have any? any it was about a hundred page book. Have any drawings or anything on the front cover? Yes, of sir. It? It's got a drag like a dragon with a goat's body. Dragon like with a goat's body? Yes. Um. It was St. Lucifer itself. Call the radio room. the radio room. It was one. It was. It was Satan on the front of it. That's who it was. Uh, now you were telling me earlier about uh, we were talking. You said something about uh, you asked me whether or not uh, something about the boys that were killed. They, uh, if they was beat to death, because I know that's how you. You know, I can't. I can't answer that question. Well, I'm just uh, saying that because that's how we do the dogs. You, we beat them to death first. What would you beat them to death with? With uh, sticks. With sticks. Yes. Sir. Were the dogs live when they were brought out there? Yes, sir. And then they, they were live when we hung them up. We beat them to death over top of the pentagram. Okay. With. With Every, everybody would have to do it. Everybody would beat them. How were the dogs tied? You said you, you, you tied them up. Tied them up by the hind legs. Tied them up by their hind legs. Yes. Um, you said earlier that as, as far as you were asking whether or not the boys were, were beating, were beaten. Um, how would you think that 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 they would have if if someone say were in a cold uh, of this nature, how would you how would you think they would have killed those boys? They would beat them to death. What else? Anything else that they would have done? They would have raped them. 
And uh, usually, like I say, they, I don't know why they didn't cut their heads off, because they're supposed to, if you've done that, you're supposed to cut your heads off. We cut all the dog's heads off. Cut the dog's heads off? Yes, sir. We'd hang the head up and do what we'd throw the body down in that big ditch down there by Stonehenge. Now the uh, any other body parts that they might cut off? Their penis. How would they bite it off? They would bite the penis off. Yes. That's what reading the book to do. Now that's the devil circumcision. Called the devil's circumcision. Yes. What did they did they do this to dogs? No. Would nobody would nobody get enough courage to do it to the dog? We would cut we would cut their penis off, but they wouldn't bit off like you're supposed to. Any any particular kind of knife that they would use in any kind of cult activity? Well, Miss Kelly always had the knife. He carried it on his side all the time. So hunter's knife. What did that knife look like? So it had a leather handle, wrapped leather handle. Where's your pen? It had a like a can opener thing in right here. Then it come out and it was shriveled down the top like that right there, like a little saw deal. Like that, and then come out here and it had a steel thing come out like that. And all this was wrapped leather handle. Now you're saying it's like looked like a can opener right there. It had an indention in it. it come in like this. Now this end of this blade here, what did this look like? Ripples in it. Ripples. Yes, yeah, just like this. Call a gut knife. Called a gut knife. Yes. So when it goes in, it tears. Makes like it's a bleeding knife. Plus it has a little indention in here in the top. Where where would a person get a knife like this? Pawn shops or any bait shop, uh, bait shop where they sold hunting materials. I had one, I bought mine from the uh, pawn shop, not the pawn shop, but the uh, where they sell old army stuff there on Broadway. Any idea, how long was this knife that Miss Kelly carried? I'd say 11 inches. 11 inches? Total length of it by 11 inches. And this, this to your knowledge, is is, is a knife that the one you drew out here, other than not being to scale as far as 11 inches, this you is... see, this also, that, that knife would fit on, it's kind of fit on the end of a, a rifle. Like a bayonet knife? Yes. Because I remember it had a little hitch on it, you put it on a rifle, because I got a rifle like that. I didn't have a knife for it. Uh, now this knife, did it, did it have a, a point on it, or was it? Yes, there's more point in what I draw. Can you kind of draw exactly what you're what you're talking about, as maybe as close as you can as far as the blade, this knife that you've seen. Then it had a, a, a kind of like you know you push a indention like you push down like this came down the side right through here all the way down it's called a bleeder what 
it is. Cut now. Um, and Miss Kelly carried that knife. Yes. She had it all time on listen. Did these other two guys that you dated were in this in this cold? Um, Jason Baldwin. Uh, did did he have any part in this ceremony? Oh yes, sir. I mean, all of them. All of us did. Uh, everybody had to hit the dog. Everybody. Everybody had to hit the dog. Yes. Was that just something that was just part of the ritual? Uh, this, if you didn't hit him, you had to leave. This guy here, uh, I'm looking at this uh, commercial appeal newspaper, Memphis, Tennessee, Saturday morning, June the 5th, 1993. Now you, a minute ago, pointed this person out as being, yeah, you know, it's Damien. Damien. That's right. I said Damien. 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 Um, what part would he have in, in this kind of ceremony? Well, we took turns. Sometimes he'd cut the heart out. Sometimes I would or Miss Kelly or any of the other people. We all, we spread it out different, different times. Everybody didn't do it the last time. We'd have to do it that time. Was there anybody, you lived at 1900 East Barton after you moved from Lakeshore, is that correct? Yes, sir. Is there anybody over there in your in the neighborhood that you moved into uh, that w was involved in any of this cult activity? Yes, sir. It was a guy on South 14th. A guy on South 14th? Yes, sir. This, this white guy, black guy? This white guy. It's on South 14th? Well, on the south of Barton, you know. You know what his name might have been? I, it took me a while to remember. Uh, I married my wife. Four months before I remember her name. Um, can you point out, uh, like I say, if we was just to drive by, could you point out where he lived? Yes. The person you're talking about? Yes. How old the guy on, the guy on South 14? About 30. About 30 years old? Yes. Uh, anybody, anyone else over in that area that you know? No. Any, any a lot, a lot of people. people. Said that uh, when I talked to you earlier, that something about uh, you, the three boys that were killed, that, that you lived not too far from them. I lived on the same block, what I call the same block. I lived at 1900, and the other boys they lived right around the corner. That little blonde-headed boy did. Like I say, me and my kids would ride bike with them every evening, just about. And you were in uh, you were in jail during the time of this murder, is that correct? Oh yes, sir. One way or two. Was there ever was there ever any talk about uh, at any of these meetings or, or, yes, or activities? Was there any talk about any sacrificing? Uh, yes, sir. There was kids or anything. What what kind of talk? They're trying to pick out. You know, want to know who we could pick out to do it to. Like I say, which I was already leaving the cult anyway because they raped that girl. This was about a month before the boys got killed. This, when, when you left the cult? Yes, sir. It was about a month later, and that's when they killed them boys. Who do you remember? Recall? Can you recall who? How many people were at a meeting that, that were?
discussed about human sacrifices? There was about ten of us out there. Can you, can you recall any of the people that were at this particular meeting? Where was this meeting at? Stonehenge. Okay. Who? What kind of uh? But that ain't where they was planning on doing it. They was planning on sacrificing them up there on fifty at that house and leaving them there. Out there on fifty. Yes. Is that? That's where they was going to do it. If they found somebody. Fifty is the highway that cuts off their state there and goes to Crawfordsville. Yes. How far up that road is that house? A mile. About a mile? Yes. Is it on the right-hand side of 50? Right-hand side. On the right. It's a, it's a white, big white house. It's a big white house. At least about an 8 to 10 room house. It's a huge house. Does anybody keep it up or anything? Or? No, sir. They just keep it locked up. Uh, we, we had a window we had fixed where we could go through the window, then open the doors. Now... At this at this meeting at Stonehenge, you recall who was there? Not right offhand. I know all the boys were there. Christy, she was there. Christy McNichols. Christy McNichols. Yes. She lives out Lakeshore. Yes. She was there. No. See the ball one boy. You shut that door over there. It's just real hard for me to remember names at all. Well, your your son was he at, at, at a lot of these meetings? He was at one meeting. He was at one meeting. One meeting. How he long ago was that? He meeting? couldn't. He wouldn't drink the blood. Okay. So we just we were scared of him. Okay. Now getting back to you said Christy McNichols was there at this last meeting where they talked about sacrifice. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, Powers boy. Powers. Jamie Jamie Powers. How old is this Jamie Powers? About eighteen. You know where he may live? He lives at Lakeshore. Okay. On the last row. Got it. Uh, he lives next door to the guy that messes with all the Volkswagens. Not Lakeshore? Yes. Uh, anyone else you can think of? Not right offhand. And you, you said the three boys there. You, who you referred to that were They was always there. These Miss Kelly and Baldwin, David, they was always there. And this was always on Sunday night? Yes, sir. Uh, what did you say about the significant significancy of the six o'clock? Uh, it just was in the book, so we went by the book. What did you call this book? Was there anything uh, in our name? Just the devil book. It told you how to sacrifice. It tells you when the best time of the month. And, uh, we didn't do it. We were supposed to have a sacrifice every full moon. Every full moon? Yes. Even if it was during the week, you're supposed to have it on, on, on the full moon. Yes. But, you know, it's hard for some of the young boys to get away from their mamas and stuff because of that. So yeah. we'd always just have it on a Sunday. Was there any significance with the, the younger the younger boys and, and 
having it at six o'clock, uh, which would, would be earlier in the evening than, than later in the evening. No, not really. I mean, there's six o'clock supposed to be the six time. Six o'clock supposed to be the time. That's why it was in the book, so we went by the book. Who who normally kept this book? Miss Kelly. You know, did he, did he keep it in anything particular, or did he just carry it with he him? He just carried it with him. We'd all meet up out there. Most of the most of the other boys, they had bicycles. They'd ride out there, and I'd drive out there. But most of them rode bicycles. Yes. Would anybody else drive out there other than you? Yes. I'll have to take time. I'll make you a list of all who was out there. It'll take me a little while, but I remember all of them. Now, this, when you're talking about, you're talking about one of these meetings, how long before the boys were killed that, that one of these meetings took place where they, they talked about? About a month. About a month? Yes. How, right. did, how did that conversation get brought up? It was in the book. It was in the we book? We just got to that part. Okay, what? What exactly do you recall that the book said? Well, it said it had to be to make a to make a sacrifice of a human. They had to be eight years old or younger. Eight years old or younger. That's okay. Uh, what What else did it say? So it said the same thing like it did. Continuance of the tape that ran out from side A. Okay, continue on about what you were talking about. It said in the book that the devil would gnash his teeth together after he circumcised, which was biting a Peter off. And uh, like I say, after they got they done raped that girl and they come up with that, I got out of it because I was, I was scared because I know to go to jail or something like that. It's always found out. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not particularly asking you to, to, to. As far as any any of these activities or any of these cult related meetings or whatever these sacrifices that they had. Boy, was there any sex involved at all? Just that one time that I remember. Just that one time? Yes, sir, that girl, 16-year-old girl. Was there any any sex other than, I mean, I'm not talking about for, uh, force, forceful rape or anything yes, like sir. that. There was, was a there, cornhole out there. Okay, when you're talking about cornhole, what are you talking about? I'm talking in a rectum. Okay. Who would do this? Different ones. Davian's the main one. Who? Davian. Davian? Yeah. Who would he do this to? So there was a couple small boys who were in there to get one of them. When you're talking about small boys, how old were these boys? About 10. About 10? Where would they be from? They from Lakeshore. They from Lakeshore. One of them lives uh, on the, in a third house from the store. Recall what his name was. No, sir. See, it's going to take me a while, but I can get all the names for you. Okay. I mean, 
moment medicine right now. What? What? What kind of? Uh, it may be difficult to answer this, but what what exactly are you in, you in jail for right now? Right. What? What exactly? Yeah, I'm charged with cornholing an eight year old girl. Um, was this girl stepdaughter? Stepdaughter. But I didn't do it. But you didn't do it? No, I fumbled with a 14-year-old, but I didn't do it too late. I don't want no pussy ain't got hair on type of ceremony that yes, might have been it was part of the ceremony. Was there anything written as far as in the book about this or yes, was it just something? No, it was written in the book. It was written in the book. Yes sir. Okay. Uh, do you remember what it what the book what recall anything about the book as far as what uh, what exactly was this I mean was this any you remember anything about it? Was this part of a uh, it's just part of a ritual. Part of the ritual? Yes sir. Was it and every and ritual no, sir, at, at full moon. At full moon ritual. Yes, we would kill a dog in on full moon. Was there ever any uh, oral sex performed in any of this? Yes. Okay. Uh, would this be women? Would there be women, women involved yes. in this? Yes. Would there they be get men? head jobs? Would there be men involved in this? Yes, sir. The man that was gay, there was a couple of gay people in there. Do you recall any of the, the gay people that were in this? I don't remember the names right offhand. Like I said, I will get them for you though. I'm going to get everything out, I'm going to get my life back straight. Um, Psychiatrists, they trying to help me. This, uh, she's probably back right now. I've got this list here. Uh, uh, this is just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna carry you back to the county jail here in just a few minutes. Yeah. And on the way, if you don't mind, uh, I'd like to. Uh, I'll show you the house. I'll do that. Show me some of the houses where some of the members lived. Uh, yes. This is one. Uh, this, uh, I'll get the one on North 14th Street or, or North 14th South of Barton. A list. This is a list of the uh, Northridge Road addresses. Uh, you say you might recall the person's name. Yes. Okay. I don't have any kind of list from Lakeshore of a utility. This is just a utility check. Look down through there and see if you recall and remember that person's name. That was the person on Northridge Road that, that had it had it sometimes at his house did. He ever go out there with you? Yes, sir. We go he, all tried, or? He, he tried to work his in being a leader, leader but Miss Kelly wouldn't let him. I don't see it. I don't recognize my name there.
I'll say it on here. You want to try to call Betty again? Can I get you to uh, this yellow piece of paper that I've got here uh, where you drew out a uh, uh, drew a picture of a, of a knife and then down there at the bottom you drew, asked you to draw a better picture of the blade and this pentagram or whatever. Can I just get you to put your Put your name on this piece of paper. Yes. So. And put today's date, uh, 629 of 93. Put the time now, it's uh, 1215. Uh, put P in the Um, it's my understanding that you, uh, JC, brought you up here this morning, and that, that you're giving this statement on your own free will. On my own free will, because I want, I want to get everything out, get it in the open, and get through with this deal. Now, I'm getting psychiatric help now, and I want to get where I don't see the devil no more. I figured if I do this, that'd be another way to get rid of him. Now, uh. I just want to get this cleared up as far as this tape goes. Uh, Dave's the first day that, that I've ever seen you before as far as... Yes. And but I've been telling any people about police officer, You have been telling people about this. Yes. Now, did any police officer, say, at the county jail or anything offer you any, any leniency no. on your charge no. or anything like no. that to come up here and talk no, to us? Uh, I was telling J.C. about this a while ago. And he won't know that I want to tell somebody. And I said, yes, sir, I'd like to get it out and open Get everything truthful. And you talking about J.C. Shell? Yes. Well, like I said, I would like to, to uh, on the way back up there or whatever, to uh, let you point out, you know, a couple places or whatever. And I may, I may end up uh, maybe tomorrow. Um, may need to talk to you again. Uh, okay, I'll be. Trying to remember some of the names. This book. Do you know if this book comes from a, a li local it, library? That's what he told me he got it from the library. That's all the only thing I know. I believe he would have got it from Marion Library. From Marion Library? I'm just guessing, you know, because that's where he's from, was over at Marion. Well, I, you'll recognize the book if you... If, if oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's no doubt it's a hardback book. Like I'm saying, it's got a... Like I say, it looks like a goat body with hooves. And it comes up kind of like a dragon on its head and everything with round horns. It's easy, you know, to recognize. I'm going to conclude this interview. The time is now 12, uh, 12.17 p.m. you state your name and occupation for the jury? Jerry Driver. I'm the Chief Juvenile Officer of Crittenden County. And are you acquainted with the defendant? Yes, I am. Are you also acquainted with Damien Eccles? Yes, sir. And Jason Baldwin? Yes, sir. Um, if you recall, when was the first time that you saw these three people together? Around November 15th of uh, 92, I believe. All right, and where, where was this? This was at uh, Lakeshore Trailer Park. Right. And uh, what, were the, what, what were you doing there? Um, I was out uh, 
with a uh, suspected drunk driver and uh, on a street in Lakeshore, and the three of them walked by. Right. Who who else was? Uh, Officer Dollahite of the Sheriff's Office. And uh, who'd you say walked by? Damien, Jason, and Jesse. And uh, was this day or night? It was nighttime. And how were they dressed? They all had on uh, long black coats, and Damien had on a slouch hat, and they all had staffs. What do you mean staffs? Long sticks that they were walking with. I don't have any further questions, Your Honor. Can I address the witness from here, Yeah. What date was that on, Mr. Driver? Around the 15th of November. What year? 92. 92? Mm-hmm. And you say it was dark? Mm-hmm. Nothing. <coughs> Aren't you may stand down? Wait a minute, wait a minute, Jerry. Mr. Driver, yeah. that was the first time you've seen the three of them together? Together, yes, sir. All right. Had you seen the... Mm-hmm. Have you seen the three of them together after that? Yes, I have. All right. I don't have a further question. All right, you're free to go. We'll call your next witness. This is Detective Brian Ridge of the West Memphis Police Department. Today's date, 218 of 94, time 4.33 p.m. Currently at 803 North 18th with Joni Brown and her mother, Judy Brown. Um... Joni, I'm here asking questions about this triple homicide that occurred back in May. Uh, You relayed to me that there was an occasion that you were at the skating rink here in West Memphis after the murders. Okay, just quickly tell me what you remember of that night. Well, they were going around bragging that they killed the three boys. Okay. When you say they, be specific for me. Damien Eccles, Jason Baldwin, and Jesse Miskelly. Okay. Did you know all three of them at that time? Okay. Which one did you know? Or if... I didn't know any of them. Okay. I'd seen them before because they'd been coming up to the state for a while. Okay. And you came to know who they were when? Whenever, um, when like, they were all up there and this guy told me if I was you, I'd stay away from them. Okay. That's when he told you who they were? Yes, Okay. And what was being said? They were just saying that they killed them. And were all three of them saying it? or? I'm not for sure. My cousin heard them say it. She couldn't tell me. Who's your cousin? Tony. Tony Sissel. And she's the one that you told me lives on 23rd Street, three street or three trailers down from Thompson Street. Okay. Uh, how was Damien dressed that night? He had on solid black, black t-shirt, black pants, and a long black trench coat. Mm-hmm. With his hair slipped back in a ponytail. Okay. And Jason? He just had on a t-shirt and a pair of pants. Okay. And Jesse? He was in a t-shirt and a pair of pants. Okay. Nothing unusual about the mm-hmm. way they dressed. All right. Had you seen Damien prior to that time before? They had been coming up there for a little while. Okay. Is that normal dress for Damien like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that normal for Jason and Jesse? Okay. Did you see them around together a lot that night? Yes, sir. They were up there together all the time. Okay. That night or on other nights? On other nights. Okay. On other nights also. Mm-hmm. But that night they stayed together a lot also. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you can think of uh, why 
your name may be on the defense attorney's list of potential witnesses? It's the FBI report. Okay. You brought up the FBI report. We've already talked about that. And the only thing is that you said somebody came here to this residence? And he told you he was an FBI agent? Okay, did he give you a card or anything like that or show any identification or did he just tell you he was an FBI agent? No, I think he had an FBI badge. Okay. About how old would you say he was? I guess he was middle 30s. Middle 30s, okay. Uh, How tall would he have been? Probably 5'8, 5'9. Short. Okay. And how heavy? Heavy as me or lighter? No, I'd say 150, 160. He wasn't heavy. Okay. No. Uh, and you, like? you mentioned he was in a car similar to mine. Of course, mine is a black LTD, but you said his was white. Well, Gary Gitchell sent him out here. Gary Gitchell sent him out. Okay. Well, we'll we'll dig into that a little further. But that's the only statement you've given anybody concerning any uh, anything you knew about this homicide? Okay. And what you're telling me is that you didn't actually hear Damien or anybody else say anything. I didn't go around. But uh, this uh, Sissel, Tony Sissel, do you know if she's got a phone number? She doesn't have one at all. Okay. Do you know if she's still living there? She is? Okay. I'll go by and sit back there. I'm going to go ahead and conclude this interview. Time is 4.38. They were going to fry my ass. I might as well go ahead and confess now. Okay. Did this last, how long did this last up until the time that they turned you over to Detective Durham? I was there eight hours in all. Before I talked to Durham, I was there about an hour. So eight hours beginning uh, 11.54? Mm-hmm. And this was on May the 5th? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do you recall anything else that they may have said to you during that period of time? Not really. All right. During that time, uh, did you ask for an attorney? Three times. Is it, you're saying three times during the interview with Sudbury and Ridge? During the entire eight hours I was there. All right. Specifically during the time that you were with Ridge and Sudbury, did you ever ask for an attorney? No. Okay. During that part, you did not. Okay. All right. And then after the the interrogation with Ridge and Sudbury, did they appear angry at you for the responses that you were giving? Yeah. And during this time, did you deny your involvement in these murders? Yes. All right. And then once they turn you over to Detective Durham, uh, Durham has testified that you were, that he talked to you from approximately 1.40 until about 3.30, approximately another two hours. Um, is that, is that right? Is that time period about right? Yes. All right. I'd like to divide the time period that he talked to you into three portions, with the middle portion being the test period of time. Prior to that, the first portion, or the, the pre-test portion, during your the interrogation then, did you deny your involvement in these murders? Yes. Okay. And then during the test portion, uh, did he ask you a series of questions of which you answered no? Yes. 
And then at the conclusion of that, which was the, the third period of time, there was another 45-minute period of time. During that 45-minute period of time, did you deny your involvement in these murders? Yes. Okay. What was Detective Durham's um, demeanor, and how was he treating you during the two hours that he was questioning you? Uh, Durham was okay. He never threatened me or anything. All right. During the time that you talked to Durham, did you ever ask for an attorney? Yes. Okay. Do you recall if that was during the the first part, the middle part, or the last part? The last part. Okay. So at, after you, after the, a test was performed during that last part, was this been at this forty-five minute period of time? Mm-hmm. Right. After the test. After the test. During that forty-five minutes, you asked for an attorney. Yes. Uh, did you ask this time? Did you ask for an attorney once or twice? Twice. Okay. All right. Uh, the first time you asked for an attorney, what was his response? He told me I didn't need to bring him back there because he was just going to cost us a lot of money and then in the end end up quitting anyway. Did you indicate to him who your attorney was going to be at that time? Yes, I did. And who was that? Mike Everett. Is that the same Mike Everett that testified earlier today? Yes. All right, and then did you, you indicate that you asked the second time for an attorney? And... Um, in between that 45-minute time period, how far along or when was it that you asked that? Mm, the first time I asked, it was before the test. The other two times was after the test. Okay. And the, the second time you asked for an attorney, what was his response? Same thing. Same response. Okay. And how about the third time you asked for an attorney? Same thing. Okay. At any time, did he ever stop said he would stop the questioning and let you talk to Mike Everett, your attorney? Yes, he did. And when was that? Mm, after the test. Okay, after the test, he said he would stop and let you talk to Mike Everett? Yes. Okay, but did he allow you to do that? He left the room and came back and said he was gone. Okay, during the two-hour... Well, let me back up. During the two-hour time period between Ridge and Sudbury, we're questioning you, did they ever tape record that? No, there was a tape recorder sitting there, but they would not turn it on. Okay, and how about during the time that Officer um, <coughs> Durham talked to you? Nope. Did he ever have a tape recorder running? All right, um, towards the end of the 45-minute period of time, Did you make a statement to Detective Durham that uh, I will tell him, I will tell you all I know if you will let me talk to my mother? Yes, I did. Okay, and then did they, at that time, did they allow you to talk to your mother? Yes, they did. Okay, once talking with your mother, what was your response to the officers at that point? I told them I did not do it. Okay. Okay, and then later did uh, Detective Gitchell talk with you? Yes. Okay, now the state has indicated that they will not be... Uh, bringing up any of the conversation with Gitchell. So I think that... Uh, okay, so any questions? Uh, no other questions at this point, Your Honor. Damien, let me make sure I understand this correctly. When you talked with the officers, I believe it was officers Ridge and Sudbury, you never requested an attorney, correct? No, I did not. And I believe you indicated that they basically asked you questions and you gave them responses, correct? Yes. Okay. 
and wasn't any force or, or coercion or threats or anything during that questioning, was it? No. And then you indicated with Officer Durham that he advised you of your rights, and you're an intelligent enough individual, you understood those rights correctly? Yes. And he didn't have to, did he go back and explain some of the more complicated ones? Yes, he did. Okay, but you knew what he was talking about, you understood what your rights were? Yes, I did. Okay, and you agreed to waive those rights and to talk with him, correct? Yes. Okay. And he then administered a polygraph or a pre-test questionnaire, right? Yes. Any questions? Nothing involuntary about that, correct? No, there wasn't. Okay. Then he administers a polygraph test, correct? Yes. And you had agreed and even signed a consent to take a polygraph, correct? Yes. Okay. Nothing involuntary at that point? No. Okay. Now, it's my understanding from your testimony that you said that you asked for an attorney during the third portion of Durham's interview. And you said that Durham said there's no sense in bringing him back here. Okay. Was it your understanding at that point that Mr. Everett, your attorney, was in the building? I wasn't sure if he was there or not yet, but I knew he was on his way. Okay. And this is at approximately 3 o'clock in the afternoon? I think so. Okay. What information did you have that indicated he was on the way? My mother. Okay. And the officers never prevented you from talking with your mother, did they? They did the first time I asked. The second time they brought her. And at what point in this third stage of the interview is it that you say you requested an attorney? It was after Sudbury began to cuss me. Okay. Well, the third stage of the interview. Okay. So it was after Sudbury's in the room? Yes. That you requested an attorney? After he was finished. After Sudbury was finished? Yes. Okay. So that's the first time you asked for a lawyer? Is that what you're saying? No, that was the second two times. Okay. Well, the first time you asked for an attorney was at what point during this third stage of the interview? The first time I asked was the beginning. The beginning of what? The first stage. With Durham? Yes. You're now saying that when you first went in there to take the polygraph exam, that at that stage you asked for an attorney then? After he started telling me that he knew I was lying anyway. Well, that's after the test was administered, correct? I think so. Well, do you know? You know, you're testifying. You sworn under oath to tell the truth. Do you know when it was during that that you were alleging that you asked for an attorney? I don't know what time it was, no. Do you remember what phase, whether it was in the first part of Durham's examination or questioning, or was it the latter part? It was either in the end of the first part or the beginning of the second part. Well, earlier when Mr. Price talked to you in direct examination while you've been on the stand, you indicated that it was in the third phase. That's when I asked the second time. Well, you indicated earlier that that was the first time you requested an attorney, was in that third phase of the questioning by Durham. Is that accurate or not accurate? Not accurate. So now it's your testimony that you asked for it earlier than that? The first time. And what was his response? That there was no need to bring him back there because he was just going to cost me a lot of money and then leave anyway. Okay. And so you understood from his response, no need to bring him back there, that he was present, that he was there at the courthouse or at the police station? That's what he told me. I'm going to be real brief. But remember when we were back there in Vordaer and I asked each and every one of you, 
under the appropriate circumstances, could you and would you consider the death penalty? And I didn't ask you, would you put somebody to death, or are you definitely against? I said, under the appropriate circumstances. And that's what Arkansas law does. It says, under an appropriate set of circumstances, the death penalty is, is appropriate and is authorized. And each of you said that you could consider it, and if the appropriate set of circumstances existed, then you could render a verdict returning the death penalty. I ask you when you go back there, because the aggravating factor that you must find for the state and that's listed is the cruel and depraved manner in which they were killed. And I ask you to go back there and look at that photograph of Michael Moore and look at what was done to him and then determine if that is an appropriate circumstance to render the death penalty. And I ask you to look at the picture of Stevie Branch and look at what was done to him, the torture that that child went through, and I ask you to ask yourself if there was ever an appropriate circumstance to return the death penalty, what would it be? Is this it? And I ask you to look what happened to Chris Byers. And if that is an appropriate circumstance, and I put to you, and it's your decision, and you're the moral judgment of this community, but I put to you that when you look at those photographs, that the injuries to those children, if there is ever, if there is ever an appropriate case for the death penalty in the state of Arkansas, you've got it in your hands right now. When you go back there and they've talked about mitigating factors, and I acknowledge, I agree, you'll see a list of them and there are some mitigating factors that you will find. You'll find they're there. And you'll make one decision. Do the mitigating factors in this case, how do they compare? And the instructions tell you what you weigh and how much you weigh, but do the aggravating factors beyond a reasonable doubt outweigh any mitigating factors that you find in each instance? And I put to you, in this case, if there ever is one, the cruel and depraved manner in which these children were killed, the age of the children that were killed, the manner in which they were killed, that, that there, there will never be a case with facts appropriate for finding that aggravating circumstance like you have here. I ask you to look at that. I know it will be a very tough decision. I want to thank you for your service here because from the day you walk from this courtroom, and, and I think all the attorneys will agree, this case is going to mark everybody that's been involved with it for life. It will affect you. But I ask that you go back there, look at this, do what you, would told, you told me you would do under the appropriate circumstances, return a verdict of death. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you may now retire to the jury room to consider your uh, decision and your verdicts and to make your findings. May it please the court, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, that I told the court I'm going to be short, and from my prior argument, y'all may not think that I'm capable of that, but it will be. Y'all have heard everything, and there's not much, a lot more to say that you can say. Uh, it's extremely important in this case that 
when you go back and look at those instructions that you, just like the judges told you all along, that you consider each victim separately and each defendant separately. And when you consider those verdicts and you decide whether or not the murders occurred in a cruel or depraved manner, it is crucial that you consider each victim separately and each defendant separately and decide for each of these victims whether or not their death meets that definition. And it's crucial that you do that. As far as whether it's, it meets those definitions, for each one, it, words can't describe. I'm not, I was going to show you the pictures again, but I'm not going to do it because y'all seen the pictures and you know what they are. But again, I urge you to look at each one of them separately. This case depends on you looking at each one separately. If for some reason you decide that one of the deaths does not meet the definition, make the appropriate verdict for that particular victim. Now, in this case, these records were introduced, and I want to remind you what the judge told you. This stuff, this Dr. Moneypenny's testimony and the questions that I asked related to, to uh, Damien Echols' statements, they only apply to Damien. Only. They do not apply to Jason Baldwin. testimony, they said, well, Damien wouldn't have an opportunity to be with his son. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Moore and, and Stevie Branch and Christopher Byers, their families can't be with them anymore, and they can't be with their families. That was taken away from them on May the 5th, 1993. I told you I wasn't going to talk long. I'm not. I'm going to conclude with this. This statement of Damien, he puts it all in, I, I just put it all inside, describes this as more than just anger, like rage. Sometimes he does, in quotes, blow up, relates that when this happens, the only solution is to hurt someone. Damien reports being told at the hospital that he could be another Charles Manson or Ted Bundy. When questioned on his feelings, he states, I know I'm going to influence the world. People will remember me. <coughs> we ask for your verdict.